TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Christoph. And this is The Wellness Guy Show, weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives. Damien, you, me, Brett is flying at the moment. He's, he's where I'm supposed to be. He's actually in Bali. <laughs> he's been there for Stay a week. The w. Wait a second. Wait, how is he in Bali and I'm not? This is just uh-huh. ridiculous. This is uh, roles are reversed and uh, this, is, uh, this is just wrong and, and all the wrong. Uh, he's actually closer than you are now. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He actually is. That's right. So maybe that's the excuse. I ain't got to go to Fiji. I need to find a new place. Um, so listen, the, uh, one of the key things is I'm hoping he's enjoying his time. And that's why Brett's not here. I know he was trying to make it back, but you know, who knows about flights. But uh, today, you know, I was I was uh, having some snack and I was, uh, I was hungry after breakfast. And, uh, you know, I just want to have my morning snack. And I grabbed a bag of Paleo Forge, uh, your you know, beautiful, beautiful, your cereal. And I Grab some, grab the bowl, and uh, start snacking on it. So mm-hmm. you know, I was just thinking though. The other day, I was walking in shops, and uh, I'm sure you notice it because this is your industry in a sense. Um, I've been looking at you know uh, in in, in uh, a local, um, I guess, uh, grocery store, and I find that there's tons more breakfast cereals like just popping up everywhere. It's it's, it's 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 crazy. It's like in this last one to two year, everybody says, "Well, Damien's doing something. We got to copy him." <laughs> and uh, no, just <laughs> and uh, it's just right. amazing. Like it, it, there's a like a just a surge of um, breakfast cereals and you know or quote unquote healthy healthy cereals. Um, obviously, the the trend and we've been talking about you know wellness guys for a long time now. This is you know we've been doing this for four and a half years, and there's just so many uh, people moving towards the health and wellness trend, which is great. You know, it's great to see. But obviously, the um, companies are also picking up on that too as well, and they're, they're observing that trend and they're sort of creating products um, for people um, looking for a healthier option. So I thought let's dedicate an ed- episode on this on because this is your avenue in a sense of you know why what do we what should we look for because the thing is is that with marketers and the problem with marketing is that they could market you in a spe- specific way and say this is healthy for you and then we as consumers we don't really know any different we just go okay well it looks like it's packaged in a healthy way so therefore it must be healthy so then we eat it and then we realize like later on until you listen to a show like this and go wait a second um, maybe i should look carefully into the ingredients or maybe i should look carefully about what's actually in the box right such a great call i had actually had a a um I do, I do from time to time have Skype consultations and I did one the other day with a girl in New Zealand and we were just talking about stuff and she said, oh, I've been having these um, these energy balls and like straight away my ears just pricked up and I thought, okay. So it's marketed energy ball. People go, oh, yeah, I need more energy. You know, it's just a little ball so it must be fine. It must be fine. And so I asked her to send through, you know, a copy of the ingredients so I could have a look at the nutrient label because, you know, she'd be munching on probably three a day of these things. Oh, my God. Which is, you know, which is 21 a week. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Each um, each energy ball, I think I think each energy ball had something like 40 grams of, of content. It was about 40, 45 grams. So it was a pretty decent size. So, you know, if we look at, if we consider a size of, of a muesli bar or, or sorry, of a muesli serving or a breakfast cereal serving, it's about... 40, 45 grams of, you know, packed into a bowl. Well, this is, you know, the content of this particular bowl was about the, the equivalent in weight to a whole bowl of muesli, essentially. Mm. 
anyway, it was all bound together with dates and um, and in other bits and pieces too. So it had, um, you know, some thickeners and some sweetened things and blah, 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 and it all held together. And, and, and essentially when you did the maths on it, it came out that, you know, almost half of the actual ball was in fact sugar. Wow. Um, now, whether or not that sugar came from dates or whether that sugar came from cranberries or whether it came from rice malt syrup or if it came from whatever else, it was still half of the ball was sugar. So we're talking like 20-something grams of sugar per ball, which is equivalent to like four or five teaspoons, depending on how heaped your teaspoon is, of sugar just in the ball. Now, I'm... I'm okay with sugar. I don't mind sugar. I, I'm not going to go quit sugar, um, even if there's a pretty girl on the front cover of a book saying that she did. I'm not going to go and do that because I understand the effect of sugar on my body. Uh, I'm also not going you know, to go and overeat processed food so that it's actually going to drive my sugar levels up. However, the, the, the marketing trick here was that it was called an energy ball. Mm-hmm. And so people think, well, energy ball, that sounds healthy. I'll eat a couple of those a day on top of all my food. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's no good. It's no good. So I know exactly where you're going with that. Well, that's the thing. Like it, you know, if you take the energy ball example, um, you know, it's like we look at the ball, and it's not big. Like the energy balls are quite small. Um, so when we're used to, we've grown up in an age where you know quantity or qual- quantity is is sort of the the king in the sense of you know big th- servings and and things. And and when you go back to a small ball like that, a lot of people are thinking, well, it's not that much. So you, you know, I'm going to need to eat two of those. You know, and we forget how nutrient dense like an energy ball actually have um, because it's like just packed in there. And and it's not just the sugar, but it's all the amount of uh, of energy, you know, quote unquote energy in that small thing. And we think that we can actually down two or three of those uh, three, three a day. Man, that's a that's a lot. Um, yeah. So it's it's just it, and it's it's a confusing message and this is why I think it's really important for us to discuss it because uh, oftentimes we you know we grab a, a, a you know even a, a, a you know a smoothie drink or a juice drink and thinking that's yeah. you know you know we can pound two of those a day or you know because it's easier and, and it's uh, it's good for us but you know the ingredients might be good for us but the amount of quantity of uh, of the that you actually have of these things is really important to consider like it's not just the one thing that's the one thing may be good. Or, you know, for us, but when when you actually the amount of amount of it in a day or over weeks or months, that could be the problem. Even if it's good for you, quote unquote, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about. Let's start with cereal first, because you know, okay. let's start with the, the the beginning of the day, right? So at the beginning of the day, you know, people are looking for cereal. What are what are some of the things that we should be looking for? Like, I mean, you know, obviously, like what's let's define good versus bad, right? Yep. And then yep. in the good, what should we be looking for in within? So let's start with the good and bad. What should what should we avoid first? Definitely avoid. I think the key thing to avoid with any any breakfast item is where there's added ingredients that actually aren't whole ingredients. Okay. Does that make sense? So, you know, obviously, let's just take – we'll take a, a muesli, for example, that's just made with real ingredients. So it might have um, some rolled brown rice flakes, mm-hmm. might have some macadamia nuts, sunflower seeds, almonds, pepitas, cranberries, currants, coconut flakes, and macadamia nuts. Mm-hmm. That to me is a wholesome breakfast. That's got nuts and seeds. It's got a little bit of grain in there. Um, rice, I guarantee it's not going to kill you. And, um, and and that's that's got a really nice blend of everything in there. Now, there's no um, added flavors. I wouldn't mind if there was some cinnamon added to that or some nutmeg added to that or maybe some vanilla added to that as you know, just as a spice. That, that's totally fine. 
but there's no added sweetness. So when we start to add things like artificial sweeteners, like um, you know, even the one, the, oh, what's there's artificial sweeteners that are around that are being added to food. Like there's like the green label one um, that's you know says to, that it's 100 percent natural and it's got stevia in it, but it's mainly erythritol. Like when you see mueslis that are adding that sort of stuff to it, you've got to start to ask questions like why? Why do you need to add a sweetener to a to a breakfast? Um, then added sugar. You know, if it's not if it's a highly processed sugar, so for example, if it's rice malt syrup, which is highly processed, or if it's agave syrup, then that's highly processed. Um, I'd have some questions around that. I don't mind when people bake with some maple syrup or they bake with a little bit of um, um, honey. I think that's fine. Um, but when you're adding the highly extracted or the highly processed forms of sweetener into a muesli or into a breakfast cereal, then that's a really big concern for me um, because you try to maintain that sweetness trigger in people's bodies so that they're always craving and always looking for something that's a little bit sweet, but they're now going to look for the alternative to sugar uh, when sugar is the one thing that the body knows how to utilize very easily. You know what I mean? Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. So what, what actually happens um, when when we do have those type of sugars in us? Like what, what are some of the things that people should look for and to see whether or not that's actually, going, you know, that's actually happening to them? Yeah, well, I, I think... Um, there's a couple of little triggers, a couple of little signals. You know, when you get to the middle of the morning, if you've had a if you've had a decent breakfast, you should be able to get to the middle of the morning and not be craving food or starving. Like you, you should be able to get to the middle of the morning, and go, mm, okay, maybe I'll have some morning tea. You know, that's if you're going to have morning tea. Or we might get to lunchtime and go, ah, oh, it's lunchtime already. Um, I feel really good. It must be time for lunch. I'll go and have some lunch. Like it shouldn't be, oh, my God, I've got to get some lunch or, oh, jeepers, this is killing me. You know, it's middle of the morning. I need to go and eat something. I can go down to the cafe and get myself a, a low-fat gluten-free muffin. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it, it shouldn't be that much of a craving. You shouldn't be craving chocolate and craving sweet stuff after you've had a robust breakfast. So if your breakfast is robust, you're not going to be craving sweet stuff. If it's not robust, in other words, if there's enough sweet triggers in there, so if there's – you know, too much fruit or there's too much sugar or there's too much sweetener in there, then you're going to start to crave sweeter things. So you might then start to go, oh, I really want to have um, something sweet for morning tea, um, but I'm paleo now, so maybe I'll go and have myself a paleo sweet, paleo raw vegan sweet, you know, something like that. So you're going to then go and get yourself a little slice that's made with some nuts and seeds, coconut um, oil and some, I don't know, Honey, oh, that wouldn't be vegan. But anyway, something like that. You know, I'm just thinking that you're always craving something to go with something that's going to get you across the line. But generally, it's sweet, but you're looking for the healthier alternative. So I get concerned when people, you know, this is the Merrymaker Sister thing, you know, like when the Merrymaker Sister girls, I love them to bits. They're so funny. But they went on the whole, we're, we're paleo thing at the start but then they went to the raw desserts and their whole thing was about you know making life merry and for them making life merry was being able to eat everything that used to be able to eat but the healthier alternative essentially all you're doing is just you're shifting your craving for something that's highly processed to something that's less processed but the same amount of sugar in it does that make sense yeah yeah. (laughs) and uh, (laughs) so yeah you might be having you know a paleo version of that of what the cavemen might have been able to make if they had a microwave um but (laughs) but it's kind of it's 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 still not necessarily good for you so is it better 
probably guess, is it good for you? Well, yes, every now and then, but not every single day. Um, the reason why it's called dessert is because it's a treat and you have it from time to time and you, you might have it when you've got guests over. Just because it's vegan or just because it's paleo or just because it's raw doesn't mean you should have it every single day. Oh, damn it. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's great. So I think that's a great start. So the first obviously is looking for, you know, the whole foods and, and, and it's looking away from the sugary types or anything that's added. So that's great. So what's, uh, what's another thing that so within, is there another, any other thing that we should be looking out for? Because that's pretty much 100%. eliminates. A lot. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, There's some stuff that people put into their mueslis, um, that really concern me and like the extruded, uh, fiber or bran stuff, you know, it looks like a long, constipated poo that has been dried out. You know the ones I'm talking about? <laughs> yes, they're, not a, they're not big and fat and round like a number four, like I talk about in my poo chart. But I'm talking about like it, it's come out of a mouse's bum and it's like long and skinny and it's basically made up of just fiber, some kind of a plant fiber. It could be psyllium fiber or it could be wheat bran or it could be um, rice bran or whatever it is. But essentially what the company has done in order to bulk out their muesli and to add more ingredients to it and to provide more fiber, like I don't know why you need to add more fiber if you're using whole ingredients in the first place, but if you're adding more fiber, often using something that's again highly processed, highly extracted using the, you know, the the fibrous components of the or the the germ of the of the grain that was originally something else and is now something different you, you've converted that into something that's probably a little bit sweet it's got some kind of filler or binder to and then you've dried it out and now it's just this brand thing that you you know it, it is in your muesli i am always dubious of that plus they taste disgusting particularly when they've been soaked like it's you know gross like to just have this piece of cardboard go into your mouth. It, it's no good. So I, I always look out for that. The other thing I look out for too is the processed flake. So, you know, you, you go and get this gluten-free muesli, for example, thinking, oh, yes, you know, and the angels are singing from the gods and they're up above and, you know, Gabriel is playing the harp and you found this gluten-free muesli and you go, oh, yes, it's amazing. And you look inside that gluten-free muesli and there's a cornflake and you go, oh, cornflakes, well. For me, that's an absolute no-no because essentially what you've got is a extruded corn processed product which has been rolled, then dried and baked um, and with sugar and all kinds of other things added to it to look like a piece of corn. It's coloured and uh, now it's in your muesli. And, uh, and, and, and for me, that just rips away the quality of the muesli altogether. Okay, well, there's some great suggestions there now. So let's look at actually, um, you know, look at the good muesli, you know, quote unquote good muesli or, or good cereals, I guess. What are some of the key ingredients that, uh, you know, or what are some of the things we need to look for that could be potentially not dangerous, but um, that could lead to some unhealthy behaviors or things that uh, we should be avoiding in terms of the quantity of we eat. So because my fear is that a lot of people says, okay, we, we got a really great cereal here or a great muesli or whatever it is. Uh, yep. I can just eat lots of it. Yeah, I'll have it for breakfast and I'll have it for snack and I'll have it yep. for lunch and dinner or whatever. And yep. so that's when the danger comes, right? It's not when we're not mixing foods and we're just like, because we think it's healthy, we eat more of it. So yep. what are some of the things we need to be concerned about? And not that the product is actually bad for us, but it's just that if you eat too, ma too many of that, um, yep. that could be a problem. Yeah, yeah, totally. Great question. The, the, the trick to this, it's, and it's really, really easy, is to look at the ingredients, but look at the order to which the ingredients are listed. Because the order to which the ingredients are listed um, is directly proportional to the quantity of that ingredient in the product. So, for example, if you looked at a product and the first ingredient was water, 
then you'd know that the largest quantity of anything in that particular product is actually water. So, you know, if you look at Coca-Cola, for example, um, the greatest quantity of something in that particular product is water. So you could be led to believe that, oh, well, there's water in Coke, it must be okay for me. But then you look at all the other ingredients afterwards. So, but let's go back to, you know, things that are healthy. I've got a, I've got a, 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 a ball ingredient in front of me and the ingredients are in this order, dates, cashews, almonds, carob, and coconut, right? Mm. So anyone reading that would go, oh, great, dates, cashews, almonds, carob, coconut, tick, paleo, tick, no preservatives, tick, dairy-free, tick, no added sugar, tick, all natural, tick, gluten-free. But the first ingredient is dates, mm. which means that the greatest quantity of all of those ingredients is actually dates. So we go, okay, well, it's, a high, it's not highly refined. It's just a, it's a, a fruit with lots of sugar um, and it's great for binding stuff together. Um, personally, I'm a little bit over dates. I know it's in my paleo mix, but I just, I, I've, I've had so many dates. I think uh, I've had <laughs> you're married, dates. man. You're married. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, not those sorts of dates. You know, the <laughs> date nights are great, but uh, the ingredients of this means that the total carbohydrate content of these particular balls is 46 percent. The total sugar quantity is 41 percent, which means that 40 percent of the whole product is actually sugar, mm. which is that's outrageous, you know. That's that's unbelievable. Um, it's quite a lot for a small little a small little ball. But in order to hold it together with adding, without adding too much more, they've used dates to do it. So the ingredient list is in that order, and that should give you a clue as to what are the what, what it does actually give you a clue as to what are the what are the foods in the greatest quantity. So with my muesli. And I just happen to have a packet sitting right in front of me. Um, I, I, this is the um, this is the order to which the ingredients are in in my forage paleo. It's sunflower seeds, almonds, macadamia nuts. Right now, I know that all three of those ingredients have exactly the same weight in in my bag. Then I've got currants, pepitas, dates, pecan nuts, cranberries, and then coconut. So you see the dates comes down a long way, currants comes down a long way, cranberries are right down the bottom. So anything that's got a little bit of sweetness in my blends tends to be later in the mix. Um, so that the products that are more robust, so in other words, the products that have more protein and more fat are higher in the list as opposed to those that have more of the sugar. And I think that's a really important thing to look at. Now, particularly when you're looking at foods that are rich in raw ingredients or rich in ingredients that are still whole, you want to make sure that the ones that have the least amount of impact on hormones, in this case, insulin, um, are later or lower in the ingredient list um, priority order. Well, that's a really great point. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, we, we don't think about those type of things. And, you know, you go to a supermarket, you oftentimes you see these cereals and you can see a variety of, um, as a variety of prices, I guess, or varying prices. You know, once sometimes they're really, really cheap, sometimes they're medium, and then sometimes they're really expensive. And, you, you know, other than packaging, you really can't decide what's going on. But you just explain it to, to us is you got to look at the ingredients itself because it's that, you know, like if you look at forage, you got tons and tons of like nuts and seeds as one of the main ingredients. And therefore, you know, there's going to be, you know, you're going to be good quality ingredients in there. And that you, you know, you talk us through exactly sort of why that's the case. And that's just really important because uh, another company could actually have a whole bunch of cranberries and dates and stuff as the major weight, which is going to be a sweet, 
you know, type of cereal it may taste like really, really nice for those people who are craving for the sugar, but really are not getting that protein and also the nuts and seeds that they actually require that's actually going to fill them up, which is then going to cause them to actually want to eat more, right? I remember yep. the first time when I switched from, um, you know, whatever I was eating before, I can't remember what I did. It's been that long since I've been eating forage now, uh, <laughs> you know, but, you know, and when I remember switching to forage, one of the first things I noticed is that my food cravings, my morning food cravings were gone. Like I yeah. could literally last through till lunchtime um, without having, um, you know, without having anything almost, you know, very, very little if I needed something, if I was working, uh, you know, and which is really interesting because that's the first thing, first sign to me, like, man, I didn't even realize how it was affecting me uh, from, from, a, from an eating perspective just from breakfast. And, you know, you explained it to me. I remember we're, we're talking about how, um, you know, that extra muffin or the extra granola bar or whatever you're eating at that break time is actually costing you another 4 or $5 on top of that. And it's just amazing what we're doing to our bodies, right? Forget about the money part. It's just like think about all the, 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 the aspect of actually how it's affecting our life. Uh, so I think that's really important for people to consider. Yeah, totally, totally. I listen to Briar in the background. She's going mental, isn't she? Oh, she's 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 like screaming. She goes, "I want some she's forage. Got, I want some forage. Give me some of that paleo." <laughs> <laughs> now I've got another. I've actually just done a little bit of a um, bit of a, a, a search on some different mueslis that are around and about at the moment and that are popular in the marketplace. I won't I won't name them um, because I don't wanna, I don't want to do any naming or shaming because some of these mueslis I really enjoy. I think they're really nice. Um, but it's important again because we're we're talking healthy and we're talking you know what, how do we get the best health effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at this particular one here, which is, you know, it's it's very well put together. But the ingredients, and let's go with, you know, let's just go with what we just spoke about before. The first ingredient is raw activated buckwheat, um, which you go, okay, that's cool. So the buckwheat's been activated, but then it goes, it's been sweetened with raw coconut sugar and raw cacao. Mm-hmm. So now we know, okay, so there's a flavor profile that is potentially the most dominating flavor within the muesli as the number one ingredient. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you go to the next ingredient, which is coconut flakes. You go, okay, that's cool, great. Um, nothing wrong with coconut flakes. It's good. The next one's dried cranberries. This is the third um, wow. ingredient. Um, now, same as mine. So it's exactly the same cranberries as mine. We use the same cranberries, sweetened with organic evaporated cane sugar juice um, and organic sunflower oil. Um, so we've got the same ones there. Then the next one is dried goji berries. The next one then becomes sunflower seeds, linseeds, pumpkin seeds, raw hazelnuts, natural cashew nuts, raw almonds, raw Brazil nuts, sesame seeds, poppy seeds, chia seeds, certified pure grapefruit essential oil, and pure Himalayan sea salt. And now all of that's beautiful, and I think it's a, such a, a cleverly put together um, muesli. It's just that we've got the number one ingredient is something that's been sweetened well it's almost reverse like it's a we should take the bottom half of that ingredient list and move that forward the and then, then the top half and move that to the bottom 100 percent right I mean, that's exactly like the first right. five ingredients there were all pretty much sugar stuff right cranberries and cacao and cane, uh, coconut sugar and that's just amazing wow that's it right and so this is a really really popular one right a really popular so there's um there's another one you know there's there's other ones that, that this particular um company's got and um and and you know, some of them are absolutely beautiful. Like they're so so good, and they taste so so great. And they're you know they're also gluten free. But the the first ingredients generally are something that's going to sweeten it or add some kind of extra massive flavour. Which means for me that it, it's it, that's going to determine your flavour profile and your flavour palette in your own body. So that later on, you're more likely to be craving something else that is less likely to be as healthful for you. Mm. Well, that's a great point. So thank you for that. Let's let's talk a little, let's shift gears. We've got about sort of, you know, five more minutes to go. Let's talk a little bit about the, you know, um, 
energy balls and the you know uh, energy bars and all the stuff that's out there we already talked a lot about sugar i assume that what goes into cereal the you know the syrups and the sugar added stuff that you talked about earlier about cereals is going to apply here in the energy balls and bars is there anything else that we need to avoid or look for uh in those areas that uh you know that people should kind of reconsider maybe you know looking at a different brand yeah, great question, mate. There's heaps around. There's so many. And a lot of them um, these days, I remember, I don't know, I, th- I think we did, we spoke about this. We spoke about trends some time ago. I said that, you know, the move away from paleo will be a move towards vegan um, because it's the other extreme of it. And so that we're starting It's coming. To, the vegan, it's, the vegan, the vegan uh, trend is coming. <laughs> it's happening. Are you noticing it? Like everyone's going, it's vegan, it's vegan, it's vegan. And, um, and so that's, that's big. And when you look on Instagram, the vegan foodies um, have such a large presence now, um, which is really exciting. I think it's great because it helps to bring a bit of balance and a bit of sensibility to everything, you know, which, which I love. Um, but when you look at, the the protein balls or the protein bars, the energy bars, the energy balls that are being produced that are that are vegan. In order to sweeten them and hold them together, you're using things that you know have often been highly refined. So you're looking at um, soy lecithin, for example, um, to hold things together. So uh, so an, a, a soy product, it may be non-GMO, it may be GMO. Um, you have to look at the label. You might look for soy protein powder because it's a vegan protein powder. Some of them have got like a rice protein powder or pea protein powder in there. That's that's probably a bit better. Um, you'll see also uh, rice malt syrup, um, and that concerns me because you know rice malt syrup. You know rice. It, it, in order to get you know something sweet out of rice, you've got to. You, you've got to do some stuff to it to get to it. Like it's not it's not just like eating the whole grain. You've actually got to really process something to get there, and uh, and so that that does worry me a little bit. Um, and if it's vegan, it's not going to have honey in it, which is you know relatively easy for the body to get rid of. I like seeing maple syrup and stuff. I think that's really good. It's another great Canadian invention, like the blackberry. Um, so I really I love that. But um, <laughs> I um, I do have concerns around a lot of the health claims so the more certifications that something seems to have on it the less available certain things are so you know definitely the shift towards paleo meant that we weren't able to use grains to fill things um, as much and so we had to rely heavily on on other foods which which is totally fine we can definitely do that but it means that you know in order to to get flavor profiles right and to to get something that's palatable you're often adding things that have been highly processed even if it is paleo so i just i look for the processing component of it and also then i've been questioning and you know i've been questioning the the coconut fat thing and the and the coconut oil thing and and there's still there's still a lot of discussion around it i think that it provided coconut oil hasn't been cooked at high temperature it's probably better for you but I still, I'm still not a hundred percent certain that coconut oil, as a food source, you know, maybe as a as a supplement to your meal, you know, maybe adding it a little bit, but actually having coconut fat as a food source, you know, in your uh, in your bulletproof coffees and in your um, in your muesli bars or your paleo bars or or your vegan bars or whatever else, having that all the time, I don't know whether or not that's actually really really good i suppose the jury's out and we'll, we'll wait to see what's actually going to happen in the next you know five to ten years as the 20 somethings become 30 something and whether or not they start to get heart disease or, or whatever else happens so i suppose we'll just watch that but so you're suggesting i shouldn't do coconut shots <laughs> <laughs> 
just joking. Funny. But the, the, the thing is, is that with regards to this, so I think what you're saying is that, you know, I think what we're also saying is is not to, um, not that we're saying to avoid all of these things we're just talking about. It's just that we're just trying to make you aware, like just making sure that you're aware that these things are out there, what to look for, and not to overconsume just because they're labeled healthy. I think yeah. that's the main thing, right? That what you're getting at, because it's it's that they're not that they're bad for you, or in a sense of um, from a product point of view, just that they can be potentially bad for you if you think it's healthy and you eat a whole bunch of it. That's with anything, right? That's with anything we talk about. It's oh, that when look, you... even look, even forage. You know, I'll say it. I'll say it straight up. If the only thing you ate all day was forage, I don't think that'd be wise. I, I think that, you know, when you when you're eating forage, you want to make sure that you're building a whole meal. So you just wouldn't pour forage from the bag and for breakfast, and, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> yeah, it just, just wouldn't be wise. So, you know, the birch has got to be soaked. That's important. So you soak it with what's appropriate for your dietary regime. And the, the muesli has got to be had with, you know, something that's alive and, you know, providing, you know, nourishment like uh, like berries, for example. Mm. You know, I think it's really important that we consider that, you know, these foods should form part of a healthy meal, but they don't necessarily have to be the whole meal. The paleo product, you know, it probably stands alone. It's a little bit unique because you can just munch on that out of the bag. But still, I'd much prefer that someone had a handful of paleo and some fresh fruit at the same time as opposed to just having a handful of paleo so that you're really getting a nice blend of what's hydrated um, and then, you know, what else might be growing on trees and plants. So I, I think that, you know, to do it well would be to have stuff that's still alive as well as the th- stuff that comes out of the packet. Mm. Um, and the porridge product, which has just come back into the marketplace, LT, just a little plug, the porridge product, again, when you cook it up, most of the life force is taken out of it because you're cooking it, right? So you're always going to cook a porridge. Um, you should be putting something fresh with it. So put fresh blueberries or fl- fresh raspberries or sliced banana or something, maybe some sliced pear as the, as the seasons change, we're moving into you know different fruits. But, you know, put in there foods that are going to provide not only calories but energy so difference to fuel and energy which we talk about in the power of food so you know making sure you're putting raw fresh stuff in with your food as well yeah i actually you know for breakfast i you know you you know i eat forage pretty much every day um and i mix the two i mix the the muesli cereal and the, the paleo half and half pretty much and oh. uh you know as you know i add the blueberries the raspberries and the strawberries depending on the season and uh yeah and i mix that up and you know it's it's just a great way but you're right it's it's just not like eat from the packet and that's it it's about adding things and it forms the base of it a lot of people would just traditionally as a breakfast cereal we typically just eat whatever's in the box and that's it we don't forget to like actually add things to it um, yeah so i think it's really important so guys i really hope you enjoyed this episode i think it's just in, in you know insightful for us to kind of be re- recognized that there's a lot of things on the market and uh it's you know for us to tell the truth or for us to kind of say hey this, these are the things that you need to consider and i think it's really important for people to look deeper into things rather than just taking um whatever's in the packet and it's just because it looks good or just because it's labeled healthy doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy for you so um i hope that you share this with your friends and i think it's a really important thing if we're going to move into an age of of healthier healthier eating and i think if you're really interested in health and i think if you're interesting in what we have to talk about i think you should come to the wellness summit don't you think i think that one of the things that you know we 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 have a diverse amount of speakers not just in food and energy and but also in and mindset and exercise and i think you guys should come to the wellness summit which we 100%. we hold every year and uh you, you know you're gathering about seven hundred thousand people in in the room um for the last few years we're gonna love to you know really pack this room with like-minded people who think just like you and who are 
who, who's on a quest uh, and journey really to discover themselves. So uh, we're going to be held at September 10th and 11th. Come to the, the Melbourne uh, Convention Center. It's going to be held in Melbourne, obviously, and it's going to be exciting. And I'm, I'm going to be the tickets biggest. Tickets back on sale to see that. I noticed that a couple of people purchased tickets this morning. They're yeah, back on sale. I know. We, really... We've been uh, we've been holding back and holding back. And uh, I think the tickets are definitely going to be on sale by the time that, that you know, you guys are going to listen to this. So uh, make sure you, you come on board and join us and uh, meet us live. You know, let's let's hang out. We, we're, we're accessible to pretty much for the whole full two days. We don't hide in the back and just come on when we speak. Um, you know, we, we're there all the time and we can ask us questions and we'll love to meet all, all the listeners and, uh, and all your friends and, uh, you know, other people that you think uh, would love to hear more uh, about wellness and health. So, guys, go to Facebook.com slash The Wellness Guys or The Wellness Couch. Join us there and uh, make sure you like us there and comment below this particular episode and tell us what you think uh, regards to your cereals and how you eat and what your eating routines are like for, for mornings. Uh, share this podcast with your friends and families and other strangers you think need a wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, please give us a great rating and comment below. Um, and uh, until next week, I guess, begin creating wellness in your lives. Lead by example. And let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Couch Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.